Well, we're going to continue today looking at our different pictures. And we come today to look at a picture of parenting. Now, if you do some study on parenting, you'll find that there's a couple of different uh, recognized parenting styles. There's the permissive parent, there's the authoritarian, the egalitarian, and then there's the uninvolved. And you see these different parenting styles are, are based on demand and response. Demand is the kind of rules, expectations, and obedience that a parent might expect. And response is how the parent responds to that or responds to the child. So a, a permissive parent, well, they don't have any rules. I mean, they're low expectations, low order, and they're totally responding to the child, whatever the child says. The child's kind of the, the center of the development down to the kind of the opposite. Authoritarian is a high demand. That's all rules, and they don't respond to the child at all. And uh, you can see those those other styles there. Now, we don't want to be an uninvolved parent, so we'll take that one out. You've got these other three kinds of parents, and in each one of these types of parents will produce a, a different kind of child. As a matter of fact, i got a little chart up there. You'll see there the equalitarian parent will produce kind of the cooperative child or the permissive, the rebellious. Y'all look confused. Are, are y'all not finding this interesting? You look... Look like, where am I? What's happening? <laughs> I'm not tiki talking about this today. That was just a joke. You know, I tell you, when you start studying and researching parents and childs and all these different styles and types, I tell you what, I don't need to open a book to know that parenting's hard, do you? Man, parenting is tough. I think it's one of the hardest things we do. It's one of the hardest things I do. You know, I want to qualify that by saying I, I think parenting is one of the most rewarding experiences in life. I love my four kids, but my gosh, it, I don't know that there's another area of my life where I, I feel more uncertain of what I'm doing. You know, do you say yes? Do you say no? Do you trust? Do you not trust? Do you bring down the law or do you show grace? Uh, am I messing them up? Uh, are their failures my failures? We are continuing today to look at these various pictures in the home. We've been looking a couple of weeks now. We've seen a picture of the home, a picture of the wife, of the husband. We've, we've looked at a picture of the children. And today we come to get that picture of parenting? What is God's portrait? What is God's picture of parenting? We've said throughout this, you know, that, that the world bombards us with a lot of false pictures from the culture to the media to our friends, our own friends and their opinions and ideas. And see, here's the challenge. Our friends and the media and the culture, they're throwing these pictures in front of us every single day bombarding us with false pictures, with confusing pictures, whereas we might take God's picture and kind of get it clearly in front of us. I mean, periodically at best. And if we're not careful, those false pictures can begin to, to pull us off course. Now, here's the thing about pictures when it comes to parenting. I, I don't think it matters who you are, where you are, what you know. We all want the same thing in parenting. You know, I, I think what we're looking for is about a picture. I want a picture of the recipe. I want a picture of the process that gives me exactly the kind of child that I want. You know, uh, what, what is that recipe? You know, it, it, it's, it's 112 hugs. It's, it's, it's 212 lectures, right? Handful of spankings. Pour in some education. Pour in some church. Pour in some life experiences. And then we stir it all up. And what do we want to pour out? The 4.0 Athletic beauty queen. 
who's wonderfully successful, and let's be honest, who makes me look good. That's what we look for. You know what? I, I've studied Scripture. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've studied every bit of it. And I haven't found that recipe yet. I have not found that process yet where God says, you do one, two, three, four, add this, 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 and this, and boom, out pops this particular child you want. God doesn't give us that. There's no guarantee, no recipe, no process. But now there is a picture. God makes it very clear a very profound picture of what parenting is to look like. Today, I'm going to show you the picture before we even study it and understand it. Let me show you this picture. Come here, Colin. This is my, uh, my son, number three in the line. He's going to help me today. You know what? Here's a picture. Here's God's picture of parenting. You got the Bible in one hand. You got your child in the other. And you got life out in front of you. And you use the Bible and you use life. And you train this child to leave you and to walk skillfully on that road. That's God's picture of parenting. Thank you, God. You did a super job. (laughs) Turn with me today to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, as we try to understand and see this picture in Scripture. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 4, if you don't have a Bible, I hope you'll use one of ours there in the pew and uh, study along with us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Just one verse today, one verse at a time. You begin to understand why it's taking me seven months to get through a, a book that's six chapters long. Ephesians 6, verse 4 says this, And fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's a short verse. Let's read it one more time. And fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, right away, you notice that word fathers. If you're not a father, but more of the female type, mother, you're thinking, oh, good, I'm off the hook. This is just about him. Only he messes this up or makes it right. Actually, the word father here is being used almost as a governmental head, almost as a title, and it includes everybody in that position. So, yes, mothers, Paul, God, is speaking to you here. And he's telling mom, he's telling dad, listen, there's two things you need to make sure happen in the home. One thing, make sure you're not stirring them up. Number two, make sure you are bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We're going to look at item number two here first. We're going to study that second responsibility first, and then hopefully that that first one will be real clear after that. We're not to stir them up, but we are to bring them up. I'm a believer in that old cliche that says people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. Do we have a plan in parenting? You know, it's interesting. We have a plan for a lot of things. We've got a plan. Probably a lot of us already starting to work out a plan for the holidays. We've got a plan for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We've got plans that we have to do at work. We've got plans in our hobbies. We've got plans in all kinds of things in life. You know where quite often we have no plan? The most significant things in our lives. Well, I don't have a plan for marriage. I don't have a plan for parenting. I don't have a plan for my walk with the Lord. You know what our plan is there? I call it the wander and hope plan. We kind of just wander into it and hope it's going to turn out okay. 
I mean, think about it. What, what do we really do? I mean, I know what I want in a marriage. Man, I, I hope, you know, I look down the road, I hope 40, 50, 60 years down the road, I've had this wonderfully fulfilling, satisfying marriage. Well, that, that's not too hard to want that, to hope for that. The question is, what's the plan I have today, 40, 50, 60 years earlier, that's going to move me through day by day and through the different seasons of a marriage, the different ups and downs of a marriage, so that I have that one day? What's the plan? I know what I want in a child. I know what I want my child to be. What's the plan? As a toddler, as an elementary, as a high schooler, as an adult child, what's the plan? You know, we have a plan. What do we do? We wander and we hope. Well, this word bring implies no wandering and hoping. It implies a plan. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting here in the text. You see there in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, but bring them up. Look at chapter 5, verse 29. Just a few verses before this. Chapter 5, verse 29. A passage we studied a couple of weeks ago. It says, For no one ever hates his own flesh, but what? Provides and cares for it. Your translations may say, nourishes and cherishes. The reason this is interesting is what's being translated here, provides and cares for, is the same word that's being translated, bring them up, in chapter 6, verse 4. So in one place it's provide and cares, another it's bring them up. And what this word is implying is that we've got a direction, we've got a focus for providing and caring, and it implies two different areas of life, the both the physical and the spiritual. There is a plan for how we're going to provide for, how we're going to care for, how we're going to nurture, how we're going to cherish this child physically. You know, how do you rate yourself physically? Probably a lot of us we're somewhat confident there. I mean, I, I feed them. <laughs> they have clothes. They, they sleep in a bed. Uh, you know, I, I make sure they go to school. They're learning. I, I provide different experiences in life. I, I bet a lot of us, on a scale of 1 to 10, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a 9. I'm maybe 9.5. Okay? And that's good. That's part of it. But what about the other part? Spiritually, how are we doing there at nurturing, cherishing, providing, and caring spiritually? Are we training them to pray? Are we training them to study God's Word? Are we training them in faith? How about modeling it? Do they see it? Do they see mom and dad pray? Do they, do they see mom and dad go to this book for answers, for direction, for help? Do, do they see the role this has? You know, would, mom, or would, would our children, would they watch us and think, wow... Man, knowing God, walking with God, that must be the best thing in life. Knowing God must both be the most important thing there is. Folks, I promise you, it's God's plan that the child see that in mom and dad's life before they see it anywhere else. See the picture here? That's what God wants to see. Now, Paul develops this word a little bit further in 6.4. He says, bring them up. And he explains that word, bring them, a little bit more with... Uh, I've lost my spot. But bring them into training and instruction of the Lord. Bring them, have this plan, train them in instruction. Now that word training, here again, takes a little bit further and implies that idea of planning. That there's a direction, that there's a goal, and we're working toward that goal. You know, I've run several marathons and, you know, if I want to run a marathon right here, you know what I do? I back up four or five, really even six months. And I will, I mean, I'll map out on a piece of paper, type it out, 
training what I'm going to do running for six solid months every single day. I know what I want down there, so I back up right here and I plan it all out. But you know, while I have a very clear and concise plan, you know what else I have to factor into that? Flexibility. Because what I can't see right here is I can't see when I'm going to get busy in other more important things. I can't see injuries. I can't see getting fatigued. And so I know there's this six-month plan, but I've got to be flexible and ready to roll with different things that will happen over the course of six months. Now, you say that word training, we think of athletics or something like that. Boy, it's real clear. Well, that's what God is saying about parenting. You know, I know what I want down there at 18, 21, 30 years. So now I've got to back up and I've got to be making decisions about what I'm doing each day along the way. Very clear, very concrete plans. But you know what? There's got to be flexibility. It's got to be flexibility because we get fatigued. As we're parents, we get injured in this process. There's ups and downs. There's different seasons. So we've got a plan. We've got flexibility. That's what that word training implies. And what we're training, we're not training for running. Gosh, that's not very important. No, we're training them to skillfully walk with the Lord. We use the Bible. We use life. And we train them to skillfully walk with the Lord. It's interesting about this, this picture that to, to live skillfully is, is the same word for wisdom. That's the definition of wisdom, living skillfully in the Lord. And so my job as a parent is to take this child out to the road of life and show them how to navigate, how to travel this road skillfully. And what I do with Scripture is I lay down the lines. Now, we don't like lines, do we? That's what we said last week. We don't like authority. I don't like somebody telling me what I can't. Don't put, don't put a line right there. If I, want, if I want to go over there, I'll go over there. Don't anybody put lines in my life. But you know what? The lines are good. Let me get on the same side of the road as y'all are on. You know what? If I'm driving down the road alive, now I may want to cross over this line, but if I cross over, I'm going to be in the ditch. That's not good. See, the line's good. The line protects me. The line is for me. If I say, well, I'm going to go over here on the left side of the line. I'm going to cross this line. Well, now I'm in head-on traffic. See, we don't like lines in our lives, but folks, lines protect us. Lines keep us safe. And it's the Scripture that lays down those lines for us. And mom and dad, it's your job and my job. God's picture of parenting is laying down those lines for the kid. Now, what's so interesting about this is that's what the book of Proverbs is all about. And it's all presented. You've read Proverbs. You've seen a whole bunch of list of commands and rules. Well, the whole thing is presented in the form of parenting. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Colin, come here and help me again. Quit reading your Bible and get over here. <laughs> Sit down here with me, Colin. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. 23 times in 31 chapters, a section will begin by saying, My son, my child, listen to me. And so as you go through Proverbs, really, as you read it, what you've got a picture is a parent and his child walking, walking through a day at the park, sitting down at Starbucks, having coffee. Maybe they're talking about something going on in life, but the parent is using life. He's pointing out things that he sees. He's pointing out things that are going on in the child's life and then using scripture to help develop and lay down those lines. Maybe we're sitting here today and, and uh, we're talking about what tomorrow they don't have school tomorrow. They get Monday and Tuesday off. And Colin says, boy, that's good because I hate school. Now, you would never say I hate school, would you, Colin? No, no, you wouldn't. 
Colin, Colin loves school. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, Colin said, I hate school. I, I hate all that work they give us. Oh, man, you know what? You don't want to hate work. Oh, but I do, Dad. Oh, hey, look, look over here. And, and what the proverb says, look at that ant right there, Colin. You see that ant? Observe its ways and become wise. Without leader, administrator, or ruler. You see, there's nobody commanding that ant to do that. There's nobody making that ant do that. It prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food during harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little summer, a little folding of arms to rest. And poverty will come on you like a bandit. You see, just you start talking about life and life situations and you use Scripture to talk about where they are, what they're dealing with. Maybe Colin and I are watching TV one night and uh, something comes on the, the TV and it's it, a little bit sexually immoral. I mean, that can happen when you're watching TV, can't it? And, and I say, uh, hey, now my son, listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Don't let your heart turn aside to her ways. Don't stray onto her paths, for she's brought many down to death. Boy, I have parents were talking about this. Let me tell you something. You're going to be tempted, and you're really going to want it, and it's really, really going to feel good. But let me tell you something. It has got an awfully, awfully high price. And it's got countless. You can't add up. You can't count all the victims of sexual immorality. Maybe maybe Colin and I are talking and uh, maybe he's had an argument. This really doesn't happen in our home at all, but maybe he's had an argument with, with one of his siblings. I, I remember two or three years ago, my children having an argument. But, but, but Colin says, man, I had an argument. With, with, would it be with your brother or with your sisters? And probably with his brother, okay. And, and, and I say, you know what, Colin? A gentle answer turns away anger. But a harsh word stirs up wrath. See, we, folks, this is God, this, what's God's picture? This is it right here. We're just dealing with life. It's something that happens, something that we see, something that's going on, and we talk about it, and we go to where God's Word speaks to us. I don't know what goes. Just go to the Proverbs. That's an awfully good place to start. It's just rule after rule that, that lays down the lines. Maybe Con and I are at Starbucks, and you go to Starbucks, and everybody's... I'm touching on their laptops, working on laptops, I'm punching in on their blackberries. Now, we've already talked about work, how important work is, how important planning is. But you know what? That's also another opportunity to say, you know, Colin, you saw these people around us, how hard they're working. Do you know that everything they're doing is going to add up to nothing? It'll never count for a single thing. So, well, I knew we shouldn't work. No, no, Colin, that's not what I'm saying. No, we want to work. But listen to how God says our work counts forever. He, he says this. All a, man's, all a man's ways seem right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the motives. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. The Lord has prepared everything for his own purpose. So it's just using life. Using life. Use God's word. Train and you lay down the lines. Thank you, Colin. You did a wonderful job. He sits well, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but you know what? Proverbs... I mean, that's all Proverbs is. It's just a dad 
and his child. And, and he talks about friends. He talks about enemies. He talks about what comes out of your mouth. He talks about money. He, he, he talks about, wait, you know what? God's always watching. Talks about guarding your eyes. Talks about guarding your heart. And every bit of it, you just as you read Proverbs, just imagine a dad and a child. And, and they're just walking through life. And they're, hey, there's a lesson. There's a lesson. There's a lesson. There's something we need to see. Folks, that is a picture of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Using life, using the Bible. Now, Paul goes on, or actually he started with this, and he says that as I'm doing this with Colin, as I'm doing this with my children, as you do this, boy, we need to be careful not to, look at this, stir them up. Your translation may say, don't provoke them or, or don't exasperate them. Exasperating. Now you understand what exasperating is. Let me ask you this. Would you let somebody treat you like you treat your children? Think about the, the rules you have for them, what you tell them to do, what you tell them to don't do. You get, you get mad at them for wake, waking up in a grumpy mood. Who gets mad at you for waking up in a grumpy mood? Would you let somebody treat you the way you treat your child? If the answer is no, you're more likely exasperating your child. You know, it's interesting. I, I've been coaching for about seven years. And because of the age of my boys, most of what I've been coaching is, is small children who are, for the most part, they're just beginning a sport. They're, they're just learning a sport. And I think men are worse about this than women. I, I don't know if it's we, our wiring got messed up here or not. But a man is real bad about giving direction. I've seen this so many times on a field of play. Giving directions to a child. And, and, and you stand back and you watch it. The child does not have a clue what it was just told to do. And in some cases doesn't even have the physical ability to do what he was just told to do. I've seen a coach tell a five-year-old, I'm going to hit the ball to you. I want you to hit the cutoff man on one bounce. Now, the child has no idea what a cutoff man is. And he's not going to hit that kid on any bounces. One, two, three. He can't throw the ball. And the coach doesn't ever stop and think, does he know what a cutoff man is? Does he know how to throw? You know what? That's exasperating. It's exasperating to be told to do something and you don't understand it. You can't do it. And then after you fail at it, the guy comes out and yells at you. And you're still figuring out what you did wrong. That's exasperating. Are we doing that to our children? You know, it's exasperating to not really know what the expectations are. Think about it, mom and dad. We want, we want to know clearly. We've got, we got bosses. We've got people in life. We want, I want to know what's expected of me. You know, it, it's exasperating to maybe know what the expectations are, but you don't know how to fulfill them. You don't have the ability to fill them. You know, what's exasperating is you don't know if you can win in your parents' eyes. The average child is pretty clear when they've lost. They're, they're pretty clear when mom and dad is mad. They're pretty clear when they, when they haven't measured up. They're, they're pretty clear on when they're not winning in mom and dad's eyes. Are they clear on how they win? Do they know when they've won? Do we celebrate the win? I mean, if the child's lost, we need to deal with that. But are we just as good at pointing out the victory? Are we just as good at pointing out the win? You know what? If we're not, that's exasperating. I want to win. Why would I expect anything different of my child than I would of me? I want to win. I want to know when I've done something that I won, that I, that I did what you wanted, that you acknowledge it, that you respect it, that you applaud it. We are all that way in all the different areas of our life. Well, guess what? Our children are the same way. It's exasperating to never win. It's exasperating to be constantly told what you're doing wrong and that it's not enough and, and that you need to get better and you should, you should, you should, you should, you should. That's why a lot of people don't come to church because it's always you should, you should, you should, you should. Man, by the grace of God, we got victory, don't we? 
That needs to be cute. It's, it's exasperating when it's not. Now you start measuring all these things out and start studying all this and you think, gosh, that, you know, this is why I feel so dumb as a parent. You know, I go back and forth. On some days I feel ignorant as a parent and some days I feel guilty. On some days I feel both, both ignorant and guilty. You know? Man, what do we do? How do we move towards God's picture? Now remember, we got, we got all these pictures out there. You know, the, the, the TV shows it's usually the dad's the bumbling idiot. He can't figure anything out. And the mom needs help from the child to figure things out in life. You know, but what's God's picture? You know, let me give you a frame. Let me give you four sides to a frame of what God... This is what we need to have in front of us. This is what we need to be moving toward as a parent. And let me remind you, this is a parent of all ages. Child may not even be living at home anymore. Parent of all ages. Number one, we need to commit to growing in our own relationship with the Lord. Now, in, you know, in some respects, that recommendation, eh, that's true of everything, isn't it? And it's also kind of obvious. I mean, we're in church. Okay, first thing you have to do is grow in the Lord. Eh, okay. okay, now really, what else? No, no, it really actually begins with that for two very significant reasons. One, my job is to teach my child to live skillfully in the Lord. Oh, I can't give my child what I don't have. I can't teach my child to do something I'm not doing. If I'm not growing in my walk with the Lord, if I'm not skillfully walking the Lord, there's no way I'm going to hand that on to them. Second reason we need to be growing in the Lord is because this task is really beyond us. We can't do this without God. You say, oh, no, wait a minute. I, I've seen good moms. I've, I've seen good dads. They weren't even believers. You can do this without God. No, you, you can raise a child to be successful for 70 years, but 70 years is really, really short in light of all eternity. Now, I want my child to be successful in eternity. I want my child to live and to do things that count forever. Okay? To do that, I need God. I need His power. I need His wisdom. I need His patience. Anybody understand that? I, I need His endurance. We need the Lord to take on this task of parenting. So I've got to be committed. He's like, oh, what do I do in parenting? First thing I need to do, God, man, help me to grow in You. Help me to love You. Help me to be walking rightly with You. Second thing we need to do is commit to grow in our own understanding of Scripture. Here's where a lot of us say, you know what, I'm not a Bible scholar. I, I, I wouldn't even know where to turn or how to do all that. Well, for one thing, like I said, just start with Proverbs. Just start reading Proverbs every day. You'll start picking things out. Read one chapter and then look for something in your life, in your child's life, something you see on TV. I promise you, you read one chapter of Proverbs, you'll see something in life that day you can point out to and talk with about your child. But you know what? Isn't it time somewhere in life to stop saying, oh, I just don't know Scripture very well? Well, get over it and start learning Scripture well. You know, I mean, how long have you been saying that? Let me give you a... A book I, re- I recommend. It's a book called Living by the Book. It's an easy, easy title. Living by the Book by Howard Hendricks. Best book I've ever read on teaching you as an individual how to study Scripture, how to use different Bible tools. It is important you know how to use this book and be able to communicate it and pass it off to your child. But let me show you again. We're in Ephesians. We've been in Proverbs. I want you to see, again, how this picture just shows up all throughout Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says, Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. 
These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Now, this is Moses. He's talking to the Israelites and he says, these words I'm giving you, the words I just read, the words that preceded that in chapter five, you've got the Ten Commandments. He's he's giving them all these commands, all these words of God. And he says, now, you need to get these words. You need to get them in your heart. You need to study them. You need to memorize them. You need to learn them. You need to know how to apply them. They need to be in your life. Commit to grow in your own walk with the Lord. Now listen to verse 7. Repeat them to your children. See this picture? It's in Deuteronomy. It's in Proverbs. It's in Ephesians. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit down. Talk about them when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Do you see the picture of parenting? Take God's Word, you take life, and you let them see. This is how mom and dad define life. This is how mom and dad understand life. This is how mom and dad, this is where mom and dad go to answers on life. This book, this is what we are to hand off. This is what we are to pass off to our children. And they should see our lives, not just a lecture, they should see our lives being lived out of this book. Third thing we need to do is we need to commit to pray. Now, if you've been a parent more than three or four days, you've already got this one down. It takes a lot of prayer. But I'm not just talking about the prayer, Oh, dear Lord, please help me survive. You know what? There's spiritual warfare going on here. Satan wants your child. The world wants your child. God wants your child. And man, this is, this is a work of the heart. And you know what? We're not masters at molding a heart. But we know a master. We know a master of molding the heart. His name is Jehovah. He's the Lord God. I need to be going to Him. I need to be depending upon Him. I need to bring God, give me wisdom to know what to do. God, open up my child's heart so it's moldable, it's formable. Lord, don't let me do anything. Gosh, this is a hard prayer, but a very real prayer. Lord, don't let me be something you have to overcome to do what you want to do in my child's life. Man, don't. Whatever God wants to do in my child's life, I pray He can do it through me. Not have to do it because of me. Not have to go around me. This whole process needs to be committed to prayer. And then lastly, we need to commit to stick to it. Stick stick to growing in the Lord. We need to stick to studying the Bible. We need to stick to prayer. And we need to stick to our children. And you know, I say parenting is rewarding. And we all believe that. We all know that. We cherish children here. But I tell you what, parenting makes you pull your hair out. Parenting may just say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just at the end of myself. You know what? I think parenting is the single best opportunity to experience what it's like to be God. And think about our Heavenly Father. He gave us everything we needed. Told us everything we needed to know. He, he protects us. He provides for us. He cares for us. He does it perfectly. We don't do it perfectly as earthly parents. He did it perfectly. And what do we as His children do? We rebel. We reject. We dishonor. We are completely unappreciative. We don't acknowledge any of that. And we walk and go our own way. But you know what? He didn't quit, did He? In fact, that's why we're all sitting here today. He, he didn't quit on us. He kept coming. He kept loving until He got our hearts. He didn't quit. Well, guess what? As earthly parents, we don't quit either. 
we, we, we just don't quit. We don't, we don't quit growing in the Lord. We don't quit handing off the Bible. We don't quit praying. We don't quit on our kids. You know, I, I kind of made fun of a moment ago as I started the sermon, you know, all the different things you might read and understand or try to understand about parenting. I, I'm really not making fun of that. Boy, we really should be students of parenting. I mean, you should, I, you know, if you're, in the, if you're in the heart of parenting right now, you ought to be reading a book on parenting at least once a year. New ideas, refresh old ideas. I mean, you ought to be reading all the time. It, it's so easy. to You know, you say, I just don't know what to do. I, you know, you're lazy then. You're just lazy. As an American today, there's more help on there, out there on what to do and how to respond than ever in the history of mankind. Man, just go into a single website like family.org, James, James Dobson, the Focus on the Family website. I mean, there's a thousand questions on there. You can get answered, you can get help, you can get books, you, all kinds of things. Man, we should study, we should learn, we should try different things. But let me tell you something. All the things you might study, all the things you might try, if they don't become number five, in other words, if these first four things aren't, aren't in place, it's, it's not going to matter what you do. God's picture of parenting really is pretty simple. It does not guarantee what the child will do. That's why we've got to pray. God's picture is really very simple. It's just you, the Bible, the child, and life. That's God's picture. Well, we need to keep it in front of us. That's where we need to be going. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the Bible. Thank You for a, a book that, that clearly, that consistently, and never errantly lays down perfect lines to guide us perfectly along life's road. I thank You for that in my own life. And Lord, we pray for the ability to communicate that to all people. Friends, family, co-workers. Man, Lord, we, we want to communicate how, how good Your Word is. But Lord, for those of us that have taken on the task of parenting, wow, what an opportunity to be directly involved with You in training and teaching another human soul to skillfully walk with You down the road of life. Oh Lord, we want that to be true in our homes. I pray we're committed to You, to Your Word. I pray we're devoted to prayer. God, may we be devoted to our children. Lord, I pray that that is, that is seen more and more and more in the church. I pray the world sees we're looking at a picture they're not looking at. We're looking at a picture that they're missing and they see in our homes something that works. Not, not because our kids are perfect. They just see how good Your Word is. Lord, we want our homes to exalt Your Word, not shame Your Word. We need Your help to do that. We ask for Your help now. We pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, that first application for being a parent, commit to growing in the Lord, that, that really is the application in any area of life. What do you want to fix? What do you want to do? Start with growing in your walk with the Lord. Now, of course, that implies that we have one. Do you?
Do you today have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Is He your Lord and Savior? Are you a child of God? You know, it's not something that just kind of mystically happens. It's because you're an American. It's because you're in a certain church or denomination. No, it's a place where, as Scott said a moment ago, He humbled Himself. He said, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the way. And He turned and placed all His faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Have you come to a place in your life where you've done that? Boy, if you do, there's victory. That's when the Heavenly Father begins to say, you have won, you have won, you have won. Winning is in Jesus. If you've never come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to do that right now. We're going to conclude our service with an invitation. All of us are going to stand, we're going to sing and worship. And as we do, maybe you'll step out of that pew, come forward to one of these pastors and say, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. We'll pray with you for a moment and talk with you about how you can have that relationship and begin winning in your Heavenly Father's eyes. Maybe today you know that God's leading you to become a part of this church family. Well, we gladly would love to have you see you do that. We invite you to become a part of our family. If you want to become a part of this church, just come down this aisle, take one of these pastors by the hand and say, I want to become a member of Colonial Heights Baptist. And we'll talk with you about how we can make that happen right here today. What's God calling you to do? Is it to be a member of this family? Is it to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Let me tell you something. Your Heavenly Father only has good things for you. Say yes. Step out in faith and come forward now as we stand and as we sing.